Hallelujah. Father Lord, we say thank you for a time like this. We thank you because you have led us this far. Father, as I speak, Father Lord, we ask, Lord, that people will hear your voice, Father Lord. People will hear you. And Lord, that as people have come expected, Father Lord, that some people will take something out of this. Father Lord, we ask that you use me for your glory, Father. Thank you, Father Lord, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I hope you can hear me. My voice is not too low. Brother, I, I, I am sorry. I just uh, forgot to mention the date of the marriage. Uh, the date is, uh, I'm really sorry about that. That was, uh, that, that is 28th October, 2020, Wednesday. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, brother. God bless you, brother. Beneath 20th October shall be a glorious day in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, so I hope everybody can hear me. If there's any problem Very with my loud. internet. Okay. Very excellent. Okay. Excellent. That was good. Now I'll start this way. Um, there was a story, uh, in, uh, in Italy, you know, uh, then Italy, they have these big cathedrals, big churches with very, very high ceilings. And, uh, there was an old woman that used to go every day to go and pray. And, uh, she was a Catholic and there was a statue of Mary, you know, so she used to go and do all her Hail Marys and pray. Now, once, once in a while, they have to do maintenance of all this roofing of these buildings. So sometimes in those days, they didn't have scaffolding, so they would have to climb. And once they climb, they'll do all the painting and all the maintenance. So there was an Italian fellow that was doing the work, and he kept on seeing this lady coming back and forth. So he said, okay, let me play a joke. Let me play a prank on this lady as she was coming to pray. So as she came to pray, and he saw her as she bent down to pray, then in his Italian voice, you know, he just said, hello, you down there. This is Jesus Christ. And the lady was a little bit worried. Oh, where's this voice coming from? And she went back to her prayer and uh, he said, hey, you down there. This is Jesus Christ. And uh, she was confused for a while. She stopped and she went down. And he didn't stop because he was having fun. And lastly, he said, hey, you down there. This is Jesus Christ. And then she also said she recognized that this, no, this cannot, this is a human being's voice. I said, shut up. I'm talking to his mother, you know? And, uh, and it brings me to the topic of my discussion today. I'm talking about hearing God, hearing God, hearing God. That is what we're talking about today. We'll be talking about hearing God. And um, you could have seen that that lady could have said, okay, this is the voice of God. And she could have answered it, but she was able to recognize that this is an Italian voice with an Italian accent, and it wasn't God speaking. Our text I will be taking from is John 10, 27. John chapter 10, 27. And it says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That we're living a time right now that everybody wants to know what has God said to me? What is God saying to me? You know, we're at crossroads. People are at crossroads for decisions. People are trying to find out what is God saying? What can, what, is God speaking to me? Now, initially, the plan was for God to be able to converse with us day by day. Speak to us verbally. That's what happened in Genesis. Genesis, God spoke to Adam and Eve. He used to come in the evening. He used to have a conversation with them, you know, and, um, and when sin came in, 
they became a barrier. And that's when we had the whole uh, salvation message. But for you to be able to hear someone, you must know how he speaks. Okay? So for us to be able to, able to hear God, we must be able to know how God speaks to us. Okay? It's my example, wives and husbands. You know how your wife speaks. You know how your husband speaks. For example, my wife will always call me with a pet name. The day my wife is calling me my first name, I know there's a problem. I've done something wrong. If she even calls me my first name by text, I know. Automatically, I've done something wrong. Praise the Lord. So that is the kind of discussions you're supposed to be able to have. But before then, I want us to be able to take some elemental fundamental things for you to be able to understand this concept. I pray God will give me enough time for me to go through. It's a big topic, but I pray God will be able to give me time and to be able to pass the message across. Man is made of three elements. So you must understand yourself, first of all, before you can hear from God. Okay? Man is made of spirit. Man is made of soul. And man is made of body. I'm sure that is basic. We all know that. Okay? Now, I'll take them one by one. So I will be able to break it down and for you to have a full understanding of what I'm talking about. Okay? Spirit, if we go to Romans 8, 14 to 16. Romans 8, 14 to 16. Okay? I'm reading from the New King James Version. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Okay? Understand this. Led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the inward man is a spirit. Let's understand that the inward one is a spirit. It's that part of man that is born again. Okay? Sometimes you go, you go to movies and maybe you have watched a movie. You will see someone die. And when someone dies, you will see something invisible going to the air. They're trying to depict that as a spirit. Okay? But that is the part of man that is born again. That's a man that is renewed. And you find that in Romans 8, 16, it says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So it's the spirit that becomes born again that receives salvation. Okay? Now, let's understand something. There's a difference to the spirit that we have now and the Old Testament. Okay? If we go down to Judges, chapter 6, 36 to 40, Judges 36, uh, chapter 6, 36 to 40. It's a very, very popular story in the Bible about Gideon. Okay? So I'll read it quickly. So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put out a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on the land, then I shall know that you save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. So when he rose early in the morning, the next morning, and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung out the dew out of the fleece by a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, he still was doubting God, okay? And said, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once. Let me test, I pray, just one more with the fleece. Let me now put the, let, let it now be dry on the fleece, but on all the ground they should be dew. So the fleece will be dry and the other part will be dry. Or the ground will be wet. And God answered him. Now, you will find out in those olden days, okay, it was only the prophets, the priests, or the kings that had the Spirit of God in them. Gideon was not any of these. 
at that particular point in time. So he did not have the spirit of God inside him. Okay? But in the New Testament, each one of us has the spirit of God inside us. That's, that's the difference between the Old Testament and those of us in the New Testament. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we have the Spirit of God inside us. Okay? So there's no way for us to go back to those days and depend on anybody to hear God when we have the Spirit of God inside us. Okay, so that's something that's fundamental about the spirit. It's, it can be a whole sermon, but I've just summarized it for us. Okay, the second aspect, okay, is the soul. Praise the Lord. Okay, the soul entails your consciousness, your intellect, your mind, your emotions. Okay, this is what God has given each one of us to be able to decide for ourselves. Okay, and and based on this, okay, the soul does not go to heaven. It's a spirit that will go to heaven. It's a spirit that is born again, okay? Let's read Romans 12. And Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Praise the Lord, okay? Now, what am I saying? This soul needs to be renewed every day for you to be able to be in line with God's word. Are we together? If your mind is not renewed every day, okay? If your intellect is not renewed every day, if your emotions is not renewed every day, you cannot be a spirit man. Okay? And we need that transformation every day. Okay? For us to be able to go into the will of God, we need to renew this soul, this consciousness, this intellect, these emotions. It should not have a say over our lives. Praise the Lord. Can you hear me? Praise the Lord. So for us, you have to understand that soul. If the soul goes in the wrong direction, you end up in the wrong way. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Now, you will find out now the next one is the body. Okay? body there's an inward man that does the inward man is the one that's born again the body is the one that is the carcass that we see okay is the carcass that we see on a day-to-day basis okay is the one that when someone dies they will take it to the field and they will say okay we're going to bury this person that one is finished dust to dust ashes to ashes that is what God created us to contain these things that you want on the earth. That one does not go to heaven. That one is dead. By the time you finish, you die, it's finished there. It does not live beyond the earth. If you go to 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though your outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The outward man is perishing. We're getting older. The things I used to do when you were 7, 10, 12, you cannot do it at 60, 70. Because that body has a limit. That body has a limit. But your spirit does not have a limit. Now, what have I tried to do? I've tried to give you understanding of your own self as a human being. What you're made of. Okay? And based on what you're made of, you'll be able to understand how God will speak to you. Praise the Lord. So what are the ways that God speaks? Praise the Lord. What are the way God speaks? Okay? What are the way God speaks? Okay? Number one, 
it comes through an inward witness. The second one is also through a still voice, okay? Through a still voice, okay? And the third one is through the Holy Spirit. And the fourth one through prophecies and visions, okay? But I'll start taking them one by one, okay? I'll start taking them one by one, okay? Through an inward witness. So can we, brother, can we go back to that slide through an inward spirit, okay? Now, this is most of the fundamental ways that God speaks to us in these days, okay? It's not about reasoning. Sometimes we reason things and we say God is speaking to us. No, the inward witness is not about reasoning. It's not about you saying, oh, I've done this, this, I've manipulated this, I have done this and this, and this is what it is. No, that cannot be the inner witness. It's not a physical feeling. Thank God for Brother Vinith that uh, is getting married. Some people will go and reason and they'll see a lady and say, oh, no, 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 no. This is the person I'm going to go marry to. He has reasoned and he has seen. Oh, she comes from this tribe. She comes from this. She fixed the preference board. But no, that is a feeling. That is your own reasoning. That cannot be the inner witness. Okay? Well, one of the things that you will know about inner witness is you have to remove everything that is around it. If I have a decision that to make, for example, I have to remove all forms of reasoning. I have to remove all forms of logic. I have to remove every other voices. Whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's family, I have to remove everything and not look at it from that point of view. And then whatever my inner witness tells me, that is what I'm speaking. Now, one of the keys that you know what your inner witness is concerning anything is inner peace. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you are called in one body and be thankful. When you need to make a decision, when you need, when God is speaking, well, that inner witness will give you peace. You will not understand where the peace is coming from. Okay? You will just feel that ah, I'm at peace in this. And most of the times, that word will come from the word of God. You might be in a hospital. Your child might be sick. Your parents might be ill. You might be in a in terrible situation, but God will give you a word that will give you peace inside. That's your inner witness speaking to you. Sometimes you make a decision. You say, I do not know how I made that decision. Okay? I can remember, you know, I have been in several situations. God will just give me a word and I will just have peace. Everything is raging around me. But I just have peace. But as an inner witness, that's God telling me everything will okay. I can remember recently last year when my son was ill in the hospital, when everything was going back up and down, the word God gave me was just be still and know that I'm God. That was the word I needed to. And throughout everything, I was still and waiting for God to manifest himself. And God manifested himself. Praise the Lord. So that's when you will know your inner witness is speaking to you. And one of the things is you will also have a conviction Okay, understand this. You have a conviction concerning any matter. When you know witness is speaking to you, you'll be convinced that this is the way to go. Not because of what you see or what's happening around you, you'll be convinced that this is the way to go. There's some amount of assurance that's going on. Now, you can remember, if you can remember when Jesus rose from the dead and he was walking to Emmaus and he had two of those uh, disciples that were with him. It's in Luke 24, 32. 
And they said to one another, did not our heart burn with us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? Jesus was with them. Jesus was speaking with them. And they had an inner witness that, no, everything this guy is selling is okay. They did not recognize it was Jesus, but there was an inner witness to them that everything this man was telling them was okay. And it was burning their hearts. One of the things about inner witness, it will bring you to come back and back and back again. Praise the Lord. It will bring you back. There are some times in my life, God will want me to do something. And maybe because of the cares of the world, I keep on putting it off. But believe me, it will come back to me on and on, on and on. You need to go and do this. That your witness will tell you, it will press you. When it's time for you to leave Oman, there's no reason that you can stay back because that inner witness will be telling you, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. You do not know how it's happening. Sometimes you see people that say, oh, I'm just doing this, I don't know why. Or I've gone here, I do not know why. But that is the inner witness that took them there. Praise the Lord. Okay? Number two. Sorry, I'm rushing this. And I just pray that God will speak to you as I speak, that you'll be able to pick something out of it. Number three is through a still voice. Some people will call it an inward voice. Some people will call it a still voice. Okay? Now, you'll find out in my physical sense, I have a voice. Some of us have a high, high, very pitched voice. Some have a deep voice, but we have a voice. Praise the Lord. Now, the same thing, our spirit also has a voice that speaks to us. Okay? Now, it's almost like a very, very inaudible voice that you can hear speaking to us. Okay? And sometimes this voice comes in the form of a conscience. Some people call it intuition. But there's a voice that guides you. Okay? And there's a voice that speaks to you. Now, I'm not talking about people hearing crazy voices back and forth. I have voices that will speak to you with a conscience. Okay? Because every child of God has a spirit of God inside it. And when you need to have a spirit of God, you're going to have a voice. In Acts 2, 4, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down on us. The day we have salvation, the day we're saved, we have the Spirit of God coming inside us. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, okay, it also says in that part, do you not know that the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? The Spirit of God dwells in us. So we have a spirit. If I'm born again and you are born again, you have the Spirit of God in you. It's not in your head, it's in your body. It is within you. It's a temple of the Holy God. So your spirit houses the Holy Spirit inside it. Your own spirit is there. And inside that, you have the Holy Spirit that is housing the Holy Spirit inside you. Okay? Your spirit knows things that your head does not know. That's why when you speak in tongues, you cannot even phantom your head, cannot even translate what you're saying. Because your spirit is speaking spirit to God. It's speaking spirit to spirit. It's speaking to your Holy Spirit directly. Praise the Lord. All right, your mind might condemn you, but your spirit will not condemn you. In 1 John 3, 20 to 21, it says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. The Holy Spirit will not condemn you. Is that your conscience that will condemn you? 
That's why in Romans 8.34, also it says, who is he who condemns? Is it Christ who died and furthermore also risen? Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? That was a rhetorical question. Christ will not condemn you. As a believer, you're born again. No matter what, Christ will not condemn you. It's out of love. But it's your own conscience, your own mind that will condemn you inside that. Praise the Lord. And it's because of that, God had to go away. Okay? God had to go away. Okay? So that we'll have something that will be able to lead us, a conscience that will be able to lead us. If you go to John 16, 7 to 9, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. It is that your conscience that will convict you. Okay? And that's why it's important. And it's very, very important. In life, you need to keep your conscience. A lot of people end up in crime. A lot of people end up in committing a lot of sins because their conscience has been eroded. Are we together? It's very, very understanding. You have the spirit of God, but you have to keep that to your conscience, that you're part of the soul, aware and in tune with the spirit. Otherwise, if you throw it away, you're down for destruction. In 1 Timothy 4.2, it says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience said with hot iron. That was the Bible. Having their conscience said with hot iron. Go to the prisons. You go and meet anybody. Maybe someone that has committed murder. Somebody has done something else. It's because he has seared his conscience. It's no longer applicable in his life. Okay? That's why you will see someone, a Christian brother, he will say something wrong and he will come back and say, I'm sorry. I wasn't, I have meant to have said this. I apologize. And sometimes the whole world will look at it like, oh, It's something normal. Why would you need to do that? Praise the Lord. But that is the conscience that someone has. That is a sign that someone is a child of God. That is accountability. Praise the Lord. Are we, are we together? You know? And... Once you have that conscience, you have that soul, it gives you the ability to be able to know what is right, what is wrong. You know? And for me, that sets a precedence of where your Christian walk is with God. So you need to keep your spirit tender. You need to keep that your conscious tender. Now, another thing is also you have to know that the spirit of God will agree with the word of God. Okay? The spirit of God will agree with the word of God. It will always be in line with the word of God. There's nothing that is, God has asked us to judge everything by the word. Am I correct? So whatever your spirit is telling you, whatever your spirit is telling you, whatever you think the spirit of God is telling you, you open the word. They will never be at, at different angles. They will always be aligned. If it's not aligned, then it cannot be the spirit of God. 
And that is very important because sometimes we want to hear what we want to hear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, you want to hear what you want to hear. Jonah did not want to hear he should go to Nineveh. Am I correct? He went the opposite direction, went to Sassus. But that was what God was telling him. Our father Abraham, he heard absolutely to go and sacrifice Isaac and he followed it. Believe me, it was my time and maybe I, God forgive me, but maybe I would have gone the other direction also. I pretend I didn't hear. Sometimes you pick a portion of the Bible and you think that this is what God is saying. He might be taught there's an A part, maybe it's the one about promises and blessings. There's a B part, maybe about uh, uh, warnings. We'll take the A part, the blessings, and forget about the warnings. Because we're interpreting it with our own mind. Okay? The words of God need to be aligned. Praise the Lord. All right? And that is very, very fundamental. That is very, very important. Whatever it is, you test. Whatever has been given to you, you test by the word of God. All right? The third one is the Holy Spirit. Now, the difference between the Holy Spirit, okay, and this, your, own, your own voice of the Spirit, because your own Spirit is housing the Holy Spirit inside you, okay? Now, the difference with that of the Holy Spirit, there's a sense of urgency, when the Holy Spirit is talking to you sometimes, it's very, very direct and very, very authoritative. You can remember when Joseph and Mary, in those days, Joseph and Mary, before Jesus, before Jesus, Jesus was born, so they stand up immediately and go to Egypt. Sometimes it's almost like a real voice you're hearing. There's a sense of urgency and you need to follow that. Sometimes you can even hear like a voice telling you, this means you've done. Most times it's almost like an emergency situation. I can remember one day I was in my house on a weekend. And there was a mission that I was supporting. Okay. And uh, God told me, stand up from where you are. Go and send this money, this money to this mission. And, and I, could, I couldn't understand. I said, I'll do it. You know, in my mind, I said, I'll do it. I'll just sat down and I, do you know that word kept on? I couldn't concentrate on anything. Now, it was a short journey from downstairs to upstairs to my house to go and do this. But I did not have any rest. I had to go and do it there and then. Now, after I'd done it, within 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I got a call from that person. That I have saved a lot of people that did not have food at that particular point in time. Okay? There was an urgent need that God was trying to do now. And that is the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it can also be a warning to you. It's an urgent thing can be a warning to you. If we don't do it, how might come? You might be sleeping and God just says, you wake up and pray for someone. You might be saving that person's life. That's happened on so many occasions. God will wake you up from sleep. Two, three, pray for somebody. And I'll have to pray. I do not know what's happening on that side. But I have to pray. Sometimes my wife will wake up in the morning and tell me though, that she woke up at night, she had to pray about this. That's the Holy Spirit waking up. So it's very, very important. Okay? When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's always urgent. And don't forget, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, it's right and is aligned with the Word of God. Okay? It's aligned and right with the Word of God.
So I've told you all the basic three things. The fourth one is something I don't want to delve into too much. Prophecies, visions, and dreams. It's a big topic. I don't even have the time to go that. But one thing I'll tell you, that is the least method that God speaks to people today. That's the least method. Most times God will speak to you through your spirit. Understand this, please. It's very, very critical because most times we end up chasing prophecies, dreams, and visions. Sometimes you go to a man of God prophesying to my life. Oh, man of God prophesying. No, no, no. Why should I go to the man of God when God has told me I have the spirit of God inside me? Now, it's only to make complete. That's why I won't, I won't forego, um, foreclose this. Okay? There's a ministry of prophecy. There are prophets also. God can speak through people. Okay? God can speak through people concerning you. But however... Whatever speaks into your life, whatever God prophesies into your life must also align what your spirit is sending. So if I come or anybody or any man of God that prophesies into your life, go back and say, God, show me my spirit. Don't accept your 100%. If the same spirit that's operating in that prophet's life, it also operates in your life. Ask for confirmation from God. And if there's not bear witness, if your spirit does not bear witness to what is coming from the prophet's mind, forget it. If you're truly born again and anybody prophesies a life, go back and check the word of God and it must align. If it does not align, forget about it. You have to be able to confirm every prophecy. Now, visions... And dreams will come in various forms. They will come in various formats. They will come in, uh, it's, it's, it's a big topic. Open trances, there are things that come. God will show you different things. Sometimes you'll be able to see it in the spirit, man. Sometimes rarely you'll be able to even see it physically, a vision. But what am I saying? This hardly happens. But a lot of people are chasing this. Meanwhile, the spirit is the one telling them what to do. In my own personal life, I have dreams. I have dreams. Sometimes the way God deals with me in my dreams is I dream about the future. Not about anybody, but about concerning me. I can dream and see myself somewhere else. I do not know how it's going to happen, but somehow along my life, I end up going to where God has shown me I'm going to be. Are we together? But it's not about somebody else. This is about me and God. But I want us as a church not to always rely on prophecies for the man of God or visions or dreams. Put more emphasis on your spirit mind. What is your spirit telling you? Have you developed your, 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 your spirit mind? Praise the Lord. Now, those are the four places I have done that. Now, I'll come down to the next thing, the practical steps to hearing from God. Practical steps. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people are wanting to hear. Number one, you need to be more spirit conscious. <laughs> For you to hear from God, you have to be more spirit conscious. In Acts 27, 9 to 10, when Paul was going on a voyage, he said, now when much time had been sent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, men, I perceive this voyage 
will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo ship, but of also our lives. He perceived in his spirit, in his spirit mind. Now, what am I trying to say? Your flesh cannot dominate your spirit. If your flesh dominates your spirit, there's no way you will hear what God is saying. And that's the reason why a lot of spirit-filled Christians are missing it. Oh, the job here is looking very, very well. The money is very, very much. Oh, that means God, God wants me to go there. Your flesh is dominating you. Am I correct? That might not be where God wants you to go. Sometimes based on that, we'll knock and knock and knock and knock on those. We'll say, God, open this door. God, this and this. Because our flesh has taken over. It's what you want to achieve. Is what you want to get. If Christians will just check what is inside of them, they will know what to do. If you can check your spirit, you'll know what to do. And that's when in the beginning, I told you, you have to remove all other voices. You have to remove all other things and look at it between you and God. So let's not be physical conscious. Let's be more spirit conscious Christians. We need to develop our spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit inside you, if you're not born again, then anything I'm saying to you is useless. You have to be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? And these things will work out for you. Number two, practical steps. is hearing by faith. You hear by faith. You hear by faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For who he comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why will not God tell us the whole story? Because he needs us to walk by faith. Some of us want the answer, <laughs> A, B, C, D. God, what shall I do? Shall I marry this person? Shall I go back to India or go back to Nigeria? Shall I take this job? <laughs> God does not want you to do that. The Bible says he wants us to walk by faith. He wants us to hear by faith. So he's not going to give you an answer, multiple question, A, B, C. Answer is C. He wants you to take that leap of faith and walk with him. Sometimes it does not amount to what we think is going to be good for us. But we need to go step by steps. It might not look pleasing to the eye. It might not look wonderful to the eye. It might not look financially expedient. But God wants you to take that step. In the midst of this pandemic, what step of faith is God asking you to do? That you are refusing to hear him. Sometimes God is leading us in one direction, different from what you're thinking you're going to do. I've had so many job offers in life, very beautiful job offers, and I'll say, oh, God is leading me here. And God will say, nope, not there, this way. How can I leave this thing, this beautiful thing on this side and go to this side? But God is telling me, no, just please tell you no. Along the line, when you follow that step, you will see the reason why God wanted to go that step. Either to bless someone or to avoid any danger in, the, in, that, in that other route. But the first thing is you need 
to take that step. Peter was in a boat. God could have come to him. <laughs> Am I correct? Since he was there already, he could have come to him. But he said, Peter, come. <laughs> now, most of our decisions, and I stand there to tell most of you, God has told you what to do. Your spirit has told you what to do. But you're waiting for a vision or you're waiting for the answer. But instead, God is telling you, take a step of faith with me. Take a practical step of faith with me. Some of us have our answers. Right now, a lot of us have our answers. Your spirit is telling you, it's convicting you. Your conscience is telling you. But the point is, you have not consumed your body. You're still physical conscious. You're not spirit conscious. If you remember the story of Samuel, he went to Jesse's house. He could have told Samuel, David is in the, David is in the bush. That is the king I want. All he told Samuel was, go to the house of Jesse. <laughs> I've not had a king there. One, two, three. Days. Samuel kept on going. <laughs> but the thing is, Samuel had to go by faith. And when he finished, thank God for Samuel. When he finished, he still had to ask Jesse, do you still have another son? Because he knew what God had told him. And where did Samuel understand this? Samuel understood this thing. Because if you remember the story of Samuel, the story of Samuel at the beginning, he called it several times. Samuel knew that he heard God. He had the spirit of God. He knew he heard God. At that young age, he didn't have it, but he understood it from that young age. That's why when all the children passed, he still knew there was still one more outside. He did not, he did not know there was another child, but he still asked, are these all your children? Because he knew he did not get it right, wrong. Number three, okay? Number three. And these are practical steps. I'm trying to give you day-to-day -day steps. Find God's frequency and tune yourself to it. What is the frequency that God speaks to you and tune yourself to it? Under this thing, there's one I'll tell you is we need to withdraw. Sometimes there's too much noise happening around us. The Bible says sometimes when Jesus went to pray, he went to a quiet place. You need to withdraw. If you have something in front of you, you need to withdraw. Take a day off work. Go for a retreat. And go and hear God. You need to leave. There's so many things that are busy around now in the world. Technology is one of the main things. So sometimes you just need to withdraw to hear God. When you withdraw and you're seeking God's face, you will hear God. And then number, the number one under that is to wait. After withdrawing, you need to wait. We need to be still and know that he's God. You know something? Sometimes we want our answers like instant noodles. The ones you just put into the fire and uh, in two minutes you have your noodles ready to eat. No. You have to wait. Wait requires also sometimes you need to fast. Sometimes God we are keeping in an attitude of waiting, maybe to build a character in you of waiting. Sometimes he will answer you 
and tell you that the answer is still further down. It's not immediate. Sometimes your answer, you say, continue waiting, continue waiting. One of the things that we find very difficult as Christians is waiting. Nobody wants to wait. We're living in a false world. Nobody wants to wait. But you cannot deal with God. You have God's frequency at times. You have to wait for him to respond to you. Now, as you're waiting, the next point is to also read the word. So whatever is revealed in your spirit, you are aligning it to the word of God. Sometimes the wording, the word will be given the word. Sometimes your answer will be in the word of God. Are we together? As you're waiting, you're fasting, you're waiting for, you're reading the word, your answer will come. And it will be aligned. It will be aligned. So you need to withdraw. You need to wait. And you need to read the word. It's the year of the word. Now, in any situation that you find yourself, children of God, please, if any situation you find yourself, health, financial, family, or whatever it is, ask God for a word. Ask God for a word. As you're withdrawing your waiting, ask God for a word. A word will come. God will not leave you. He will answer you. When the pandemic now, people need to make decisions. Please follow these steps. God will give you a word. And that's what brings the last point on that is when God gives you the word, because I'm sure that God will give you a word, it's write down what God tells you. Write down what God tells you. It's a reference to your answer. It's a reference to what God has done for you. It's a reference to to what he has said. Sometimes it might not come immediately. At times, God will give you an answer. Give you an answer at the beginning of the year. It might not come out at the end of the year. But if you write it and you hold on to it, it will come to pass. Remember, David was anointed king as a little boy in the bush. It took a while before David climbed the stool and became king. But God kept that promise. He kept that word. What has God promised you? What have you read in his word? What has he answered concerning your situation? As I said at the beginning, a lot of us, are going through different scenarios, different family, family dynamics. It can be because of Corona. It can be because of low oil price. But what has God said concerning those things? God will speak to you. God is speaking. It's left for us to hear what he's saying. It's left for us to hear. And that's why I've, I've outlined steps Practical steps that we can use to find what God's will is for us. How we can hear God. I'll conclude, my brother. If you go to the last slide, I'll conclude. Okay? In first, in first uh, can you give me the, uh, the passage there, please? In First Samuel 3, 7 and 10. I'll pick two verses there. 
Now, Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Samuel was young. In that verse 7, he did not know the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Okay? That was him trying to find his way about. And some of us are about that stage where Samuel was at that young age. But after he spoke to Eli, Eli gave him a formula. And Samuel was able to answer back in verse 10. And he says, now the Lord came and stood and called us, called us at another times. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant years. That is my prayer for you today. That you move from that Samuel that did not know how God was speaking to someone that will hear God and say, speak. I'm listening for Lord. The Lord will help us. He will bless our hearing from our spirit mind in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. Over to you, Pastor. Pastor.